Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Emily Nash, associate concert master and violinist, and with Bruno Silva, violist with the Quad City Symphony Orchestra, who will be performing an intimate concert at the Figgy Art Museum this Saturday, February 27th, in celebration of the newly opened exhibition for America, 200 Years of Painting from the National Academy of Design. Welcome, Emily and Bruno. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you for having having us. Now, I should mention that your your string trio also includes Kit Poland on bass, and it's challenging to record a conversation remotely with three people, so my apologies that we can't hear his thoughts today. But what a great collaboration you're putting on with the Figgy, and, and your performance on Saturday will feature work by three American composers, all of whom were born in the 1960s. Let's talk about them first, starting with Augusta Reed Thomas. Who is she, and how would you describe her work that you'll be performing? Augusta Reed Thomas is a very uh, popular, very famous um, American composer, modern uh, composer, uh, who um, had the longest-serving residency as the composing residency for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Uh, She's been uh, writing music for orchestras all over the country, um, and, um, it's, she's, you know, one of the, the biggest, um, American composers. I mean, the music we're playing is very fitting for, uh, the weather, <laughs> uh, cause it's written for, um, you know, winter, uh, feeling of stillness and it's really a special piece, especially, um, playing with my wife on this, uh, since it was written for a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was written specifically for Roland and Almeida Vemos, and I studied with both of them at Northwestern for my master's degree, and they're they're wonderful teachers. So this piece was written for for a husband and wife team, and I heard it at a huge concert honoring the Vemoses in Symphony Center in Chicago. Uh, that was the first time I heard it. It starts with a very calming open strings beginning and it goes into this middle section it's i should say it's three movements long but no breaks so they run right into each other so it's very beautiful start the middle gets dissonant and faster and then it ends again with that stillness so it's it's kind of a cyclical work and i remember writing it down when i heard it at this concert and thinking like, oh, that would be really nice to play someday. Um, and it just happens that I married a violist. So I get to now play it with Bruno. It, it's such a coincidence, isn't it? That it was written for a husband and wife duo, violin and viola. And here you are performing it. It's, it just really has come full circle. And and uh, it's entitled Silent Moon. After the break, you move into this very different second portion of the program. The music is more folk or bluegrass in origin, which is such a nice contrast. These pieces were composed by Edgar Meyer and Mark O'Connor. What can you tell us about them? So I, um, I grew up playing bluegrass uh, music as a kid. <clears throat> fiddle. I liked playing fiddle. Uh, and 
I remember like Bruno and I and Kit, I have to include Kit in this. We all uh, met each other in the Civic Orchestra of Chicago about 10 years ago now. Yes, I actually met my wife on the way to our first meeting with the Civic Orchestra of Chicago. I um, saw her on the train on the way over. And um, I thought. We got off at different stops, but we met again. Yeah. And building. were you carrying your instruments? Building. I mean, did you know yeah. at that point that each one was a musician? We were carrying our cases. Bruno noticed my case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, yeah, then we met each other there. Um, so the, so this bluegrass uh, playing was a part of my childhood and a very fun part. I had my very classical side of my studies and then bluegrass was when I could play fast and, and it was just fun and stress-free. And, this ties in with the civic orchestra because Yo-Yo Ma um, is very involved with that orchestra. And so we've played with him and met with him on several occasions. Um, and that's how we found about out about this album. We started listening to his um, more different, different recordings instead of just classical. And we would, we would listen to this album uh, having breakfast together and and then we got this opportunity to you know perform this this recital we it started uh, we started making plans last year um, so we since we had this opportunity to play duos and, and then trios we thought why don't we play some of these pieces um, Mark O'Connor is a bluegrass very very famous bluegrass composer and player and Edgar Meyer. He is a wonderful composer. He, he's also composed like a violin concerto, um, which is, is classical. I think he, he does a, a very big range of styles and very well. He's, he's a master at the bass. The six songs you'll be, you'll be playing. They, they come from um, the, the, recordings from Appalachian Journey. And then that was in 2000. And there was a preceding compilation, Appalachia Waltz in 1996. And it was, as as you um, implied, they were recorded by and composed by Edgar Meyer, Mark O'Connor, and then performed also with Yo-Yo Ma. So it was this incredible trio of bass, fiddle, cello. And then now you're going to be playing it um, uh, with bass, violin and viola. So is that, Bruno, I, I noticed that you arranged the pieces by Edgar Meyer and Mark O'Connor. Were there technical reasons that you did this? And it, was it because you had to swap out the viola for the cello? Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, there, it, it was technically very difficult to do because the viola has the same tuning as the cello, but it's an octave above that. And I have to be careful that I don't write in the same range as Emily, so my part doesn't cover hers or it doesn't sound very clear who has the melody. And, um, and I mean, Yo-Yo is such an amazing cellist. If you, if you hear this recording, uh, his technical playing is flawless. And he just gets up on a fingerboard and he goes all the way down and you know doing that on a viola is like very very difficult so i had to readjust a few things there is uh on second time around um 
there is second time around there is um, a drone a being played by yo-yo which for him he could easily just play an a open string uh but i can't play my a open string because that would get into emily's range and would really get in the way of the melody so i had to detune my c string into an a <laughs> so i had to change things around and, and make sure that it works uh best way possible and we've listened to the recordings we've listened to the live performance also uh and try to to simulate the parts that we like about this yeah uh, we're working off of two different recordings that we're able to find one is live and one is a studio and mark o'connor is is such a great um improviser and and he does something is it's so genuine and and uh and amazing and and it's it's so difficult for classical musicians to be as spontaneous and just uh play without a music and and just you know do something like that um on the spot so i actually wrote down the solos that he played uh one of them was from the live performance because um like we like that better yeah <laughs> But it's probably so hard to write it down because it's such fast-paced music. It is. It took me so many hours. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's just uh, Edgar Meyer is such a genius composer. And uh, it's just we, we couldn't find written music for it. And um, we really wanted to play it and bring that to life. It's just um, an album that we've been wanting to play for so many years. And uh, we're so happy that, that we're able to do it. And since we didn't have, you know, any sheet music to go off of, even a piano score, sometimes we can find, if we're doing other arrangements, we can find something to, to go off of. So these, we had, we had to have um, multiple conversations with Kit about, oh, I'm feeling this in 7-8. I'm feeling this, in, you know, in, in a different meter, different time signature. And so we've, it, it was a collaboration to just get it on paper. This is probably the concert that we've worked the hardest to put together. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kit, poor Kit, had to tune all his strings <laughs> at a completely different tuning. So it's he basically had to relearn how to play the bass. <laughs> and he added new strings. Their solo strings are thinner. So his hand had to get adjusted to it. Uh, it's been it's been a, a very long process. Mm -hmm. Long was it was it difficult for you choosing a, a program that you felt showcased the variety of of American music a string trio can perform? How, how did you go about selecting these pieces? the The first, well, the first half of of the recital was more about duos, but I thought, oh, you know, Augusta Reed Thomas's Silent Moon would be perfect. Um, and then for the trios. We were asked about um, American music that would like to be performed at this concert, and uh, we we've always wanted to play that music, mostly because I mean we've been so inspired by Yo-Yo Ma working with him at the Civic Orchestra of Chicago, and he talks so much about um, you know being out of uh, having like the outside of the box perspective onto the music business. And how, um, you know, it's great to play classical music, but how it's nice to also uh, move away from that and play something that people are not used to listening in the concert hall. Uh, but um, there's a lot of room for that. And he's proven that over and over. He's won so many Grammys over um, albums that he recorded uh, that were outside the box. I remember uh, our 
when I first brought this up, I, I was talking to people about possible programming before we were even asked to, to play this. It was just kind of brainstorming. And I remember saying, well, you know, that, that album, Appalachian Journey, uh, like 1B would be, there's a piece called 1B. I'm like, that would be really fun to play. And then that was that was uh had a good reception so and so then we kept adding more and more pieces on to make a whole second half and these were just the ones that we liked here's one that we liked it's called etienne petunia who was written for a duo of cello and bass and i had to rewrite that for a trio uh and i mean it's such a beautiful piece and the meter changes all the time and it's so exciting and um, I'm happy that we're actually able to bring this to life as a trio. Oh, me too. And I'm, I'm just so impressed that you're able to do that. You know, that not only are you a performer, but you're able to do their arranging. And add in, I didn't realize that it was possible to, you know, kind of fine tune or model a performance based on the kind of re- recreate it in a way based on what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's really a, a really fun part of the crea- creative process. I don't know. I, I just feel like a big passion for crafting, uh, and and especially doing that with music is just to mold your own performance and you make it what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really fun to do. And Bruno is uh, very good at arranging, and he does he does at least one arrangement a week. Um, he gets hired by string quartets to do pop arrangements or. Um, public school orchestra programs have asked him to do medleys when they have the orchestra, the band and chorus playing something together. They, they call Bruno to, to come up with a, a big collaborative piece. Or even playing something in different styles. Like if you should play. Yeah. If I like this one, yeah. piece, they're like, Oh, can we do this? But more, more like this. And he comes up with it also. Yeah, like, can you do Joy to the World jazz style, or, you know? <laughs> yep, sure. <laughs> well, I'm impressed. <laughs> you know, there's some, I, I'm really excited about this collaboration and the, and the show that you've create that you've created that we're going to get to hear soon because there's, well, there's just this beautiful symmetry between the, you know, the paintings hanging upstairs at the Figgy right now, this 200 year retrospective of what our artists have chosen to portray with, and then with this American musical retrospective you, you're putting on and, and uh, you know, Kit Poland, the double bass player that you'll be performing with. I heard a conversation with you and Kit and Brian Baxter, and he described your instruments as being time machines of, of sorts do you feel that way? Do you feel like the weight of history when you're playing this music? Definitely. And I feel like that with any <laughs> anything that I play, actually. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Red Violin. Um, I have not. It's, it's I, I kind of feel a connection with my violin with that movie because um, mine is 300 years old. It was made in 1733. And uh, it has some interesting markings on the back of it. Um, it looks like there was someone engraved their their signature in the back of the violin and then tried to cover it up with varnish at one point. <laughs> and so, you know, any that just the hands that my violin has been in and what, you know, I always wonder what piece it's played and what life it's had before 
meeting me. Yes, and also, I mean, the fact that you're you're playing on a 300-old violin and uh, the, the music that that violin has produced over the years, and you bring that into modern days playing American music, you know, modern... Well, also playing the fiddle, the fiddle music that, you know, is, is usually passed on over time just by ear. Exactly. music, so... Um, yeah, in areas of the Appalachia, wall, uh, Appalachia Mountains where, you know, cities were isolated for so many years and, and kept their uh, musical traditions. Mm-hmm. Well, how long have the two of you performed with the Quad City Symphony Orchestra? This, I believe, is my sixth season. Um, I first auditioned and I, I won the, like, just a section first violin spot. And I had to re-audition to get the associate concertmaster seat. Um, so that was a whole nother process. And it was actually a, a year long audition process. I, I was uh, on trial for, for a year <laughs> sitting there and I, I eventually was asked to stay. <laughs> that was a good day. And this is uh, probably my fifth year. I auditioned after Emily went in. She told me how amazing the orchestra is and, and how the atmosphere is, how the conductor is, is such a, an amazing conductor. And uh, I've never subbed on that orchestra before. Nobody knew who I was, and the audition was behind the screen. Uh, and to their surprise, I was Emily's husband. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> yeah. It did work out. I, I'm also amazed in your... Um, field, you know, the line of work you're in, it's so common to travel and to perform with a variety of symphonies. You know, I used to think that the, or believe that the symphony orchestra members here were, you know, were lived here and this is where they perform. But in reality, you perform with many different organizations and must spend a fair amount of time on the road. Yes, I mean, uh, full-time orchestra jobs are very rare. There are, um, uh, you know, very few in every state, most states, I'd say. Uh, but orchestras like the Quad City Symphony um, perform about once a month mm-hmm. or so. So we need to make up our income in other ways. Like we teach, we, yeah, we teach, we do arrangements, we play with as many orchestras as possible all over the place. I mean, I I used to play with the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra and that was really fun. In Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, he won Uh, that job. And so you were, you were going there every couple of weeks for for a year. For a year. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. It got a little crazy. And then uh, we have a baby. So, (laughs) Uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> that was a little too far. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we're always uh, trying to figure out ways to um, puzzle together our income. Usually, you know, pre-COVID, we were playing um, every weekend somewhere. Um, we're also in another orchestra. Um, you know, we're we're in two orchestras, and then we're members of them, and then we and then we sub with. I don't know, between the two of us, probably 10 more orchestras to make, to make, um, every weekend performing happen, happen. And it's fun. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's fun because it does seem very chaotic and, uh, and, you know, yeah. kudos to you to make that work, to make two traveling schedules and a, and a young baby work out, um, it must be really difficult. But on the other hand, I'm 
I'm imagining it must help sharing this common interest and understanding the same stresses that you're each under. Yes. There's never a, a miscommunication on if something's happening in our relationship because of work related stress, we, we get each other completely (laughs) with whatever's going on that, that week. Uh Especially uh, for the amount of practice we have to do. It's kind of like hard for, uh, people who have regular jobs to understand that their spouse have to practice during four hours a day or something like that. If you have like something coming up, you need to practice so many hours. And um, we practice at night after Natalie goes to sleep yeah. sometimes, and that's never that's never an issue with us because mm-hmm. we always we always get that. And um, you know, sometimes, oftentimes, actually, <laughs> it's it's really nice if we have a question about something, we bring it up to the other person and say oh what do you think about this musical idea or if um one of us has an audition like sometimes bruno will ask me what what fingering sounds better like he'll play it a couple ways and i'll lend my opinion and it's awesome that we get to travel together and uh work together you know it's um really nice that we get to spend so much time together even in a car traveling somewhere or you know yeah, to have a travel buddy and, is, is yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. If we're driving for, you know, the, the, to Quad Cities for us is three hours in the car. And, you know, I'm, uh, and, and I'm so, I think it's so fortunate that you share that in common, but um, the two of you really have been more vulnerable this past year because you're both artists, you're both uh, musicians, performers, and it's obviously it's been a challenging year. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the Quad City Symphony Orchestra is working hard towards the return to limited live audience performances. What has this year been like for the two of you? Have things been completely upended, or or have you still been able to do enough virtual work? We over the summer, um, well, when when things first got shut down, everything came to a screeching halt and everything was, you know, everything was canceled. And we did have some weddings that we were able to play in a quartet uh, situation over the summer. Cause we have a, we have a string quartet together too. And we, we do events, weddings and events. So that's usually keeps us going over the summer when, when orchestras um, usually have their break. Um, and then we, we did do several recording um, con- re- pre-recorded concerts with orchestras in September and October. Um, but then when things got cold, too cold to play outside, these were, these were recorded outside. Um, then we, the only orchestra that we're playing with is Quad City Symphony. Hmm. Um, so concerts have, have really slowed down. Um, luckily we have this big, you know, big recital that's definitely keeping us busy the past several months and it's, it's really fun. And also teaching, teaching, teaching hasn't, uh, really stopped. So it's actually picked up surprisingly. I feel like people are at home, so they, they'd like to figure out ways to keep them, their their minds busy. Uh, and, um, I feel like playing an instrument is, is a good way to go through the, the pandemic right it's it is it's such a healing um process and there's so much therapy in it um 
that I'm glad that you're able to to teach. And, you know, I would say too, that the live stream performances that I've been able to see during the pandemic, even though I'm at home, you know, either by myself or with another family member or two, I still feel you can still almost believe that you're there. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's wishful thinking, but it's also like, it's what we have. And I feel fortunate that, that we can, there, there is such a thing as digital access and we can still hear music from the safety of our home. Yes. Thankfully technology is on our side. Um, we definitely miss the audience uh, because right now when we perform for, for ourselves, it's, it's really nice to play through the piece, but it, it does feel like a dress rehearsal to me. So I feel strange <laughs> just and going home after not playing for an audience. Yeah, I used to like to I memorize a few spots and, and look at the audience to see their reactions. And I like seeing, you know, a few smiles. And and maybe if there's like a sudden, you know, sound where somebody should jump off their chairs, I think <laughs> that was like a, a fun thing to do, uh, to just uh, watch the audience for for uh, reactions. And that kind of fits, fits the, the orchestra um, um, expression level. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like we like to play to help, you know, to have people feel good about it. And it, it kind of helps us play better. Mm-hmm. And uh, not having that, it's kind of kind of weird. It feels like a rehearsal. Or it feels almost like we have to be perfect for the recording, which kind of takes away. It, it makes us a little more, I would say, nervous, I guess, and maybe too cautious sometimes rather than just playing for the people that are right there. (laughs) Well, Emily Nash and Bruno Silva, thank you so much for talking today. Thank you for having us. Don't miss the opportunity to hear Emily Nash, Bruno Silva, and Kit Polan this Saturday, February 27th at 7.30 p.m. at their For America performance at the Figgy Art Museum in Davenport. Tickets can be purchased online at qcso.org or at the box office. A limited number of tickets will be sold for in-person attendance, and the Figgy has enacted a variety of health and safety measures to make this possible. Tickets can also be purchased to live stream the event from your home. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. (laughs) 